Are you recording now? Recording. <laughs> this is gonna sound weird. Things are about to get weird. Just get to the murder. Hello, welcome back. Welcome. Uh, Taylor, you have some exciting news. What did you do this weekend? I went on vacation. Uh, and then me and Brandon took our engagement pics. It was very fun. Uh, Brandon, uh, <laughs> had to roll around in the sand on the beach in a button-up shirt and, uh, khaki pants. I was in a dress. Um, I feel like some of the pictures may look like a pregnancy photo shoot with the way that the dress was draping around my, uh, vacation belly because <laughs> we took the After photos the at the year end you of drank the vacation the... <laughs> yeah and all the food i ate like chicken tendies at the pier at least three days ate a lot of fried seafood we ate a low country boil uh that was banging delicious and we made that it was so good i'm gonna tell you right now and duly sausage or however you say that that shit is so mm -hmm. good like i've been sleeping on it and it's so dang good i could just take probably a whole stick of that sausage and just eat it straight brandon he don't like it that much but i love it uh i i mean i'm not really big on sausage in general but i do like a good kielbasa which is similar to an andouille sausage yeah delicious but i love any sort of cajun food if you put and you know what oh, i recently yeah. i recently tried slap your mama's uh seasoning because everyone oh, keeps yeah. raving about it on tiktok and i'm here to say it wasn't that good i thought it was gonna be kind God, of spicy and flavorful it was just kind of like a seasoning salt it was very salty it ruined the yeah. shrimps me and my dad made it was too salty so, would you uh, just stick with the Old Bay next time? If you're trying to do, like, a cajun seasoning, yes. Go with the Old Bay. Mm. Um, okay. Typically, I, you know, I like to do uh, a little bit more of a simple batter for my shrimps. You know, nothing too spicy. Except I do, like, we put mm. an ungodly amount of black pepper on ours. It's just, like, God, it's so good. I feel that. Look, I like to just it's eat boiled shrimp, the pill and eats, because now Old Bay makes their own hot sauce. I'm telling you, that stuff on some shrimp, oh my god, so good. Thinking about it, we left a bottle at the beach. I should have brought that home with me, because it's limited edition. Go god. out and buy all the Go Old the Bay stores. hot sauce. But yeah, I will, good. I love hot sauce. Me too. God, it's so good. Now I want some shrimp. I could eat shrimp yep. every day but, if I could. Oh, I could. Yeah, I could. I know that your brother is allergic to it, but that wouldn't <laughs> stop me. I know. It's so sad, too, because he didn't learn it until after he had already developed a love of shrimp. And then the shrimp said, ha, psych. He's just going to need to get to EpiPen and come <laughs> on down to the, the, go on down to the low country boil. I know. At our wedding, he's really going to miss out because we're going to have shrimp and grits and fried chicken oh, and God. barbecue. But, God, I'm going to be busting out of that wedding dress. <laughs> I will be busting out of that bridesmaid's dress. Oh, yeah. I might ask them if they can put an extender on it, you know. Open up the back a little bit for the end of the night. Uh, Let's see if we can fix it. But... You may be surprised to find out this is not a show about shrimp. <laughs> it's a show <laughs> called This Is Gonna Sound Weird. I am Sydney. I am Taylor. And this, and, uh, hey, what were you about to say? I was about to say, and every week we have a theme where we, <laughs> we cover all things true crime, paranormal, and everything in between. Mm -hmm. And this week's theme is monsters. Dun dun. I am doing the history of the monster truck. <laughs> oh. And this cool, is it. Cool. Some guy named Kyle said, hey man, wouldn't it be cool if we put some big ass tires on this truck and call it a monster truck? 
and his bestie Dale said, hell yeah, man. And that is how the monster truck was born. The end. Wow. It's it's very interesting that that is what you're doing your story on because I'm doing my story on the history of the monster energy drink. Very similar. <laughs> now that one's got a story very similar past history. I've heard. Yeah, no, that's very interesting. A guy named Kyle said, <laughs> hey, we got to have something to drink while we ride in these <laughs> Get us all hyped up. You know, some people believe the monster energy drink is of the devil himself. I have seen that video <laughs> where they think that the th- the three things in the M mm-hmm. stand for 666, six, six, yep. a.k.a. the number of the beast, yep. a.k.a. the devil. So if you drink monster energy, you are of the devil. Yes. I've never had a monster energy drink. I've actually never had an energy drink ever. Um... But I say if I drank it, I would probably think the devil has gotten inside of me because it will probably make me feel horrible. I can almost guarantee you it will spike my anxiety through the roof. I probably would be like, I have been possessed by the devil himself. The fact that people drink Red Bull with alcohol, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, the smell of Red Bull makes me extremely nauseous, so, uh. Yeah, I don't get it. I'm scared. Heck, sometimes I'm scared to drink uh, coffee, more than one coffee on a day when I'm going to drink alcohol. Because I'm like, I can't be hyped up and hyped down all at the same time. It just ain't going to work. Can't mix my uppers and the downers. My body's going to be like, what are you doing? I guess people drink espresso espresso martinis, which I would like to try one day. I would, and that would be my final day on earth. Same. Texas was barking very oddly. It was quiet, yet sounded, uh, scary. (laughs) Maybe he sees a ghost. Maybe. Maybe he just wants a treat. Maybe. Anyways. Well, I'm just gonna go right into my story. Alright. I, so, I'm gonna paint you a little picture of who I am as a person. As, if you listen to this podcast, you know, me and Taylor, we love history. We obviously are two nerds, and... So, I, if I can do a bit of history research, I'll do it. So, this week, I will be doing my story on the monster Medusa. Dun, dun. I thought about doing her. Dun, dun. Well, I'm glad you didn't. I know. It would have been real awkward if we got here and had the same story again. Again, they'd be like, these girls can't put a podcast together. Two episodes where they did the same story <laughs> what are the odds well we just think too much alike mm-hmm. anyways my sources allblackmedia.com wikipedia greekmythology.com thoughtco.com and an episode of clash of the gods from history channel mm. i watched a documentary from history channel i guess it's a documentary um but i don't know who voices all of the shows on History Channel, but he does one heck of a job because he really paints a picture, but it also is somewhat comforting because I watch a lot of History Channel with my dad, so I was like, am I at home on a Sunday afternoon watching (laughs) a a History Channel marathon with my dad? Maybe. Oh, God. It's always that one guy's voice, I don't know, but you know, like, you you can hear it in your your head when I talk about it. Oh, yeah, I hear it. We need to get him on the show. If we first got to figure out who the hell he is. If anyone knows who he is, write in. Call in to this radio show. We'll answer live. <laughs> yeah, please, for the love of God. All right, so. The monster Medusa was a gorgon with boar's tusk and snake for hair. It's said that if you were to look the Medusa in her eyes, you'd be petrified from the inside out and turned into stone. Mm-hmm. The Medusa, yeah, <laughs> the Medusa lived during times of ancient Greece in a desolate island in the Mediterranean. For years, men from all over traveled to the island in an attempt to slay the beast Medusa. But all who tried were turned to snow, so, not to snow, into stone. Now that will be something. Si- <laughs> that would be, well, especially in Greece. It's so hot. 
Um, so, oh my god, it's a miracle. They look her in the eye. They w- it's like, Olaf. But, basically, they would look at her, and they turned to stone. So she had all these statues just chilling on this island. It reminds me, if you've ever watched Percy Jackson and the Olympians, when they have the statue, uh, it's like, I don't know, like a statue store. Oh. And it's owned by Medusa. Oh, that's funny. I never little, watched it, that's a, obviously, because I never watched nothing. Obviously, you don't watch anything. It's a good, it's pretty good. I read Percy Jackson in middle school, and I was like, this is pretty good. It's got Logan, Logan Lerman in it. I recommend. Oh, maybe I'll watch Early it. Early 2000s flashback. So. Uh, so, basically, everyone who steps on this island dies, and their bodies remain there until the end of time, because, I mean, hello. They're turned to stone. Yeah. That was until a young man named Perseus who was a demigod and son of the Greek god Zeus, set out to bring back the head of Medusa. Perseus, despite being a demigod, had no experience fighting, so it was expected that he, like many others, would fail this mission and be turned to stone like the rest. However, his father Zeus set down the god Hermes, um, who gave him Perseus the gift of a pair of shoes or sandals with wings on them. I know you've all seen it. Oh, yes. You know exactly what I'm talking about. They're just the wing sandals. Uh, So, along the way, he was presented with a sword of Zeus, shield of Athena, and helmet of Hades from nymphs, so he could use them in the battle against Medusa. Once Perseus arrives on the island of Gorgons, Perseus guides himself through Medusa's lair, walking backwards. So he has his eyes locked on his shield and basically is using the reflection in his shield to figure out where he's going, because mm-hmm. he doesn't want to accidentally make eye contact with Medusa, so he walks backwards. Yeah, he's smart. And as he gets... Yeah, pretty smart. Pretty smart. Um, he could have also blindfolded himself. Yeah, but then how's he going to see where he's going? That would be the exact point. But you would all need to see. Yeah, but you don't want to run into her. One of them snake hairs might bite you in ass. <laughs> Not a snake hair's gonna bite her in the ass. <laughs> yeah, an excellent point. <laughs> so, <laughs> so as he gets closer to Medusa, he closes his eyes and swings his sword, chopping off the head of the beast. He then collects the head and places it in a bag where he can now use it as a weapon because even though the head is no longer attached to the body, if you look into the, like, look at the head, I guess look into its eyes, um, you will still be turned to stone. Damn. So, it's also discovered that the blood of Medusa that drops from the severed head causes poisonous snakes to appear. And as Perseus is flying back to Greece, the blood drops onto the ground below, because he's flying with his little Mm -hmm. flying shoes, and poisonous snakes appear. And that's supposed to be how um, the Greeks uh, explain why there are so many poisonous snakes in Africa. Damn it. Because of Medusa's head. Yeah, that's where, you know what, that's where that uh, African zebra snake came from. The zebra cobra? That's this is Cobra origin story. <laughs> God. Now, you may be asking yourself, where did a beast like Medusa come from? Well, I'm going to tell you. Oh. She was not always a beast. She was once a beautiful young woman. She had long flowing hair and every man wanted to marry her. However, she couldn't get married because she was a priestess of Athena, mm-hmm. and the goddess of war, um, and also known as the virgin goddess, which I, best, I guess basically meant that she was just, she was so wise that, you know, she just couldn't be bothered with it. And so I assume that being a priestess is similar to, like, being a nun. Uh, so as a servant of Athena, Medusa was expected to stay abstinent And she was. She was, you know, she was loyal. Um, However, 
despite the fact that she was able to resist the offers of many men in the city, one night Poseidon, the god of sea, forced himself upon Medusa in the temple of Athena. And this angered Athena. However, she did not cast blame on Poseidon. And basically, she didn't cast blame on him because this was expected of him. He was a god, and this sort of ex- behavior was very common. So she cast all the blame on Medusa. Good. Dang it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, how the hell could this mortal woman have resisted a fucking god? Fucking god of the sea. This man can cause thunderstorms and hurricanes. But she's supposed to be like, no, sir, I do not. Look, this is like, uh... Uh, stories like this are how the you know the trope of it just in general you know well this is what a man's expected to do so sorry woman it's your fault for wearing a bikini top wrong 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 absolutely not it's very boys will be boys is basically what it is sure they can be Um, boys but they need to be punished for their actions mm mm-hmm but instead, she doesn't punish Poseidon. She instead transforms Medusa into this vicious monster with snake for hair and banishes her to a remote island where she can live out the rest of her days. However, you know, after her death, this is not the end of Medusa's story. For Medusa was pregnant at the time of her death, both children of Poseidon, Um, and when Perseus severed her head, the two unborn children, uh, Chrysar and Pegasus, sprung from her neck. Um, Pegasus was the winged horse, while Chrysar was a man with curved tusk, horrible features, and (laughs) curly golden snake hair. Kind of weird that one is a a whole-ass horse and one is a man- yeah, I don't know. Also, I've never heard of the the second one. Uh, you know, I know what a like Pegasus everyone, Everyone's is. heard of Pegasus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, after Medusa's death, her head was gifted to Athena, which is some bullshit. First of all, Adina, Athena, she's the one that caused all of this. And Perseus is like, here, have this head. I got it for you. Yes. Yeah, sh- <laughs> so... Mm. Uh, so he gifts Athena the head of Medusa, and Athena collects some of the blood, uh, and the, basically it was like the blood from the left side of the head was to take people's lives, and the blood from the right side of the head was supposed to bring people back from the dead, um, however, some of the blood also could be used as a cure-all, you know, basically cure any disease, mm-hmm. while the other one was more of a deadly poison. <laughs> yeah, uh, really a multi-purpose blood, if you ask me. It sounds like it could get real complicated and the bloods might get mixed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder what blood type she was. It sounds like A-B-O, A-B positive negative all the above (laughs) god you're right uh i don't even know my blood type if i'm being honest i only know mine because when i was in ninth grade um for some reason there was like a few like years in my middle school where uh and high school where people like kind of deemed me as just like a cold-hearted bitch with like no feelings very interesting not sure why i think i you know probably trauma anyway so we did the um the blood test day mine was b positive and everybody was like you know i'm kind of cynical everybody was like haha isn't it funny that taylor's is b positive maybe you should try that out and i was like why don't you fuck off so that's the only reason i remember that because <laughs> people made fun of me um yeah but i'm a lot better now i'm more light-hearted I am positive. Wow, she really took that to heart. I did. See, people, bullying works. Had those kids not said, told Taylor to be positive back in middle school, 
she would not be positive today. I also remember that day because my friend Carrie, Carrie, if you're listening, shout out. Uh, she hyperventilated and the teacher had to take her out into the hallway and it was a whole mess. <laughs> so. Big mood, Carrie. Big mood. <laughs> it was a bad day for all. Uh, yeah. I can't do it with the blood. Which is weird because I'm fine with like shots and tattoos and stuff like that. But I cannot with taking of blood. It's just not for me personally. Yeah. Now, Athena also gifted a lock of Medusa's hair, which she gave to Hercules, and Hercules gave it to Cepheus' daughter. I don't know. You know, they all got weird Greek goddess names. Yeah. Um, uh, and she was to use it to protect her hometown of Tagia or Tegia. And it wasn't necessarily that that lock of hair was going to be able to turn you in for stone. It's more just that their thought process was, you know, it'll probably just scare people because they're like, oh shit, she's got <laughs> oh, shit. that snake. It's that snake hair. Uh, now, I was thinking, you know, per- perhaps Medusa completely fake, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Because I read an article and it seems i'm just gonna read it i'm just gonna read what it and then we'll kind of talk so it says medusa a real woman was an african serpent goddess said to have worn a pouch around her waist containing live snakes that represented wisdom and renewal she was to have carried the original gorgon mask which gorgon is what medusa is referred to it just basically means monster and typically a gorgon has like tough like tusk almost Uh like a boar um and has like a long tongue and like bug eyed uh and that she wore the mask to frighten off the unskilled and that it was painted red to symbolize the power of menstrual blood with gruesome glaring eyes bared fang teeth and protruding tongue the real life Medusa supposedly had dreads, and the original, and sorry, and the origins of dreads through ancient discoveries existed before the fictional Medusa character was created. Medusa was goddess of snakes, which is how Europeans, aka the Greeks, formed their version of a monster with hair of snakes. Mm-hmm. So to me, it seems like, and I don't know too much about African, like culture as far as like their like stories go i know a lot more about greek mythology but it seems like there was basically the greeks kind of stole this from african culture but like tweaked it a little bit yeah it sounds like they kind of like heard of it and they were like now this would be a good story to take and spin and make it into our own and probably use mm-hmm. it for like a teaching moment and then also to uh partially explain the whole you know why we got snakes all over the place situation uh, i feel like a teaching mm-hmm. moment also like what i said before i feel like putting the whole poseidon and her you know getting together basically basically trying to shame the women around i feel like they probably try to use that as a teaching moment as well oh yeah for sure they definitely any sort of like story from greek mythology it is always going to have some sort of story and it's gonna but it's always their values are always a little bit different because it it was you know obviously they didn't respect women they didn't have the same values that we do today so uh, that's what they discussed in the history channel episode Um, that i watched now the word medusa translates to guardian in greek and the image of medusa's head was often used on buildings and armor in order to ward off evil it is even said that alexander the great wore an image of medusa on his armor in order to ward off evil and what's interesting is in pictures of or depictions of the greek goddess athena Mm -hmm. on her armor it often has snakes like medusa snakes oh yeah so it's just interesting that it kind of goes full circle but that is what i'm considering a tragic story of medusa who really she just seemed like a girl who got royally screwed by the world 
Oh yeah, for real. I didn't, I forgot, which I'm, you know, I've heard parts of the story before, like, you know, throughout school and everything, but the part with Poseidon and then her getting uh, scorned, basically, or not scorned, but like, I don't know, she got in trouble when she shouldn't have gotten in trouble. That part got to me. Yeah. I'm currently looking up Medusa. Which I didn't realize, yeah, I didn't realize what all had happened and why she like i just thought she had, was made that way originally yeah i did because too. i thought she was I mean, just born there you learn i learned all about this in middle school and they couldn't be like we're gonna discuss sexual assault yeah that's you know true I mean? that's true Th- could you could you imagine having to explain that to a bunch of sixth graders miss egan could never honestly though maybe they should they definitely should. Maybe not sixth grade, um, but uh, maybe they should not teach Greek mythology in sixth grade. Or they should teach no. a little bit throughout your whole time. Which also, I did learn a lot about Greek mythology and stuff because of the specific school I went to, but... I mean, I we lost, we learned a lot about it in sixth grade, and we sixth grade was just a really good year for me when it came to social <laughs> studies. We hit a bunch of good topics for me personally um <laughs> we did greek mythology roman mythology we learned about ancient egypt oh my god i could i could talk in depth and i i will but i know more about greek mythology than ancient egypt but i remember when i went to washington dc for the first time and i went to the i think it's natural science museum the smithsonian i did not care to see anything in that museum other than a mummy i was like show me (laughs) the mummy and then we can leave and i saw it i seen it with my own eyes it was very dried up if i'm gonna be honest (laughs) yeah i bet but i was like all right this is it i'm looking at medusa that is this tattoos yeah i was gonna say what and oh, now yeah I, I oh yeah medusa tattoo yeah they're super in right now because i saw a tiktok about this tattoo artist that was talking about like how popular it is and i'm and i was like oh i wonder why and i think that's what it is i think it has to do with you know women taking like reclaiming oh, yeah. shit like like how we now call each other bitches but it's not it's a term of endearment now oh yeah now it's like ah oh, medusa yeah yeah she a bad bitch i'll look i'm really in tattoo mo- mode these days so i really now this is gonna sound wild i want to get a like massive piece like on my leg sometime in the future and i'm gonna start writing stuff down what if i got a massive ass medusa on my leg people be scared of me i'm gonna walk in a courtroom with the shortest skirt on i can just to have some snakes peeking out the bottom of my pencil skirt. I saw a girl with a snake tattoo, and I don't even like snakes. And I was like, that's badass. Should I get one? Shit. Everybody, everybody listen to this. Let's all get tatted. Medusa tats. Let's all get tatted. Hey, join our Facebook group. We'll all coordinate. We'll all coordinate. Go to the same shop. Be like, hi, we're all here for Medusa tats. I know it's going to take at least three hours apiece, but we're willing to put in this time for women's empowerment. Thank you. And good night. We're, we're <laughs> here to single-handedly end sexism. And we're about to, we're going to close that wage gap right here in this tattoo shop. Exactly. But yes, I think that story was very interesting. Thank you. I did look at Medusa when I first started researching, but I was like, mm, I don't know. But I'm glad you did it. Great mites think alike. All right. My turn now. So I decided to, uh, you know, I was just at the beach. So I decided to go with a water creature. I'm doing mine on the Kraken. So, dun dun dun, dun dun dun, aka Well Peters. <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't, so my, don't give it away, even though we talked about this a couple episodes ago. Yeah. Uh, so, my sources Wikipedia, Wired.com. The article was fantastically wrong. The Legend of the Kraken, a monster that hunts with its own poop. TheConversation.com. The r- Wait a minute. <laughs> I was really trying to blow past it. Because we will get to it. 
good to it. Oh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna linger on it too long. <laughs> <laughs> Since you said you're gonna get to it, but <laughs> I was like, is that what she just said? That is what I said. I said what I said, okay. <laughs> Uh, uh, also, theconversation.com, the real life origins of the legendary Kraken, mentalfloss.com, 15 Kraken facts, and myths to release in your next conversation. <laughs> so, no. The Kraken is a famous sea monster of gigantic size, and it has a cephalopod-like appearance. It originated from Scandinavian folklore, and according to Norse stories of the creature... It lives off the coasts of Norway and Greenland, and they are said to terrorize sailors nearby. The origin of the word Kraken comes from modern Scandinavian languages, and it originated from the old Norse word Kraki. In both Norwegian and Swedish, Kraken is the definite form of Krake, which is a word to designate an unhealthy animal or something twisted. In modern German, Krake, which is spelled the same way, I'm probably saying that completely wrong. I don't know, you know, how to speak German. But it means just straight up octopus, uh, but can also just refer to the Kraken itself. Now, this next sentence I'm going to say, I'm not really sure what exactly they were trying to say, but I left it in anyways. It's also said that Kraken is an old Norwegian word for octopus. And it is also an old euphemism in Swedish for whales used when the original word became taboo as it was believed it could summon the creatures so i don't know if the word whale became taboo or if the word kraken was taboo uh but i guess either way you don't really want to summon a whale or a kraken don't want to say either it's like voldemort you don't want to say no just like the cre- they'll just refer to it, the big fish that shall not be named. They're like, do you mean a whale? <laughs> Shut the fuck Shut up. The- God. It's gonna come tip our boat over and eat us. We're gonna be like Jonah in the belly of a whale. God. I don't really remember that Did you that see story. that video where that, that man was kayaking and a whale tried to eat him? No. Oh my God. That happened recently, but it was like obviously like the whale really wasn't actually trying to eat him. It's just like when whales go to eat, they just like open their mouth, basically swim with their mouth open, and uh-huh. they just ooh. oh Lord. Uh, I watched Shark fine, Week at the, I watched Shark know. Week at the beach, um, and I still got in the ocean. Um, I do not get in the ocean. I had this discussion with my dad a few weeks ago. But it's not because I'm worried about, you know, getting eaten by a shark. I just, where I grew up, there's a lot of rip curtain currents. And, like, every, like, every single year, people die because of rip currents. And I feel like that really just scarred me. And me and my dad were like, we went on the 4th of July to the beach. And I'm like, I ain't getting in the water. You getting in the water? He's like, I ain't getting in the water. Look, we just I, sort of sat there. Well, I'm pretty careful. I don't go out that far. I go out far enough and then I just kind of bend down in the water, you know. But it was hurricaning the first day we got there, you know. And it wasn't too mm. bad. But the ocean was like, you should not be in the ocean. There was these two grown-ass men rolling around in this god-awful, terrible water, shaking them all up. And, you know, where our beach place is, there's those big old rocks. The water was pushing them almost into the rocks. I thought they was going to get a concussion. I thought they was going to get, like, you know, took out to sea. I don't know what they was doing. Uh, yeah. Not, not a good... Don't get in the ocean when it's hurricaning people. It's not safe. That's my PSA. This is a pro tip. This is a pro tip. If it's a hurricaning, don't get in the ocean. If it, if there's a tsunami, please leave the beach. You heard it here first. All right. There was a sign in my hometown that had, like, literally was on the beach, and it said, "In case of a tsunami, please evacuate the beach." <laughs> Damn it. And people had written on people had written on it like, "No duh." Like, <laughs> no shit. Uh, so, a little pro tip for you. Please leave the beach in the case of a hurricane or tsunami. So, one of the first written descriptions of the Kraken was by an anonymous author of the old Norwegian natural history work called Konungs Skugsja, 
which was written around 1250. The author wrote about the creature as he slash she was returning from Greenland and described it in detail. Uh, not too much detail, but enough detail for 1250. Now, the narrator doesn't give really a physical description of the creature, but they talk about like kind of what they think it does, where it lives. Uh, so they think that only two of the creatures exist um, because they've only been sighted in the same parts of the Greenland Sea and that they also think that the kraken creature is incapable of reproduction, which is why there's only two of them. Um, now I'm gonna go ahead and say that person probably just saw something and he was like, oh, only saw two, must only be two. Ain't no other explanation. Gotta be it. Um, so following this first written account of the creature, many more accounts followed um, and expanded upon it. But for our sake, I'm not going to go through all of them because it was a lot of people being like saying what he said. I saw something in the ocean and it was large. And I'm like, great. How many times can we say the same shit over and over? Uh... I guess they all thought they were coming up with something new. Because back in the day, I guess word didn't travel as, as fast. <laughs> they couldn't tweet it out. No. It was like a slow game of telephone. Yeah. So basically, since the late 18th century, the Kraken was gaining popularity. Um, and it started being depicted in a variety of ways. So mostly the Kraken is described as a large octopus-like creature. And it's thought that many stories of the Kraken are actually based on sailors observing the giant squid. So giant squids can grow up to 50 feet in length. So they're, and they're huge. Uh, so it makes sense, you know, that a sailor way back in the day seeing a creature like mm -hmm. a giant squid may think that it's some sort of, you know, insane ocean monster. And then, you know how sailor stories get. They just spiral out of control. And all of a sudden it's turned into this monster who's eating, killing people all over the place. Because what else you going to do on a boat except for, you know, Jimmy's out on the deck and he's like, y'all ain't never going to believe what I just seen. It was this massive squid it was this massive whatever he tried to eat me but i beat him off with my peg leg you know shit like that <laughs> <laughs> i made him walk the plank <laughs> uh but the description of the kraken does go beyond just that of a large squid-like creature it's also said to have spikes on its suckers and in very early descriptions, it's even described as a crab-like creature rather than an octopus-like creature. Mm. If I'm being honest, like a crab and an octopus, you could kind of say they're similar or a squid. Because, you know, it's like a body in the middle with like some spindlies coming off of it. Mm -hmm. um, but clearly the description of the kraken is kind of varied. Um, but probably the most detailed description of the Kraken comes from the Danish historian Erik Pontopeden in his Natural History of Norway, written in 1755, where he describes the Kraken as, quote, round, flat, and full of arms or branches. And he says it is the largest and most surprising of all the animal creation. Now, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that uh, they said... My research said that that was the most detailed description of the Kraken, but it didn't sound too detailed uh, if you ask me. These people, yeah. back in the day, they really could have worked on their uh, descriptive language. They did, yeah, they didn't have a very good vocabulary. They could have used perhaps uh, a thesaurus, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they, they could have went branched on out. thesaurus com and really spiced it up. Yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, and in the same work, this guy was named Eric. Yes, Eric. He cites numerous fishermen um, who all agree that if you row out several miles into the Norwegian Sea in the summer, that you may very likely become a victim of the Kraken. Now, I've talked, you know, I've talked about what the Kraken looks like. Basically, it looks like a squid or octopus. But, when you see the Kraken, what's it going to do to you? Like, what's the big deal? Well, 
Legends say that the Kraken would attack ships with its strong arms slash tentacles and try to bring it down. But if it couldn't bring your ship down with its tentacles, then it would begin to swim in circles around the ship, which would create a strong whirlpool that would suck your ship down into the ocean and drown you and your crew. And I wrote, damn, why you gotta be so dramatic? So basically, the Kraken will flush you. He will flush you into the ocean. He will give you a swirly. Yes. And your entire crew a swirly. Uh, The Kraken also has a taste for human flesh, and it's said that the Kraken can devour an entire ship's crew at once. So kind of like that whale, he just come up and eat all y'all at the same time. However, the Kraken does have some perks to fishermen in particular because the Kraken is said to always be surrounded by large amounts of fish. And when it would emerge from the water, the fish would kind of like cascade off his back. So if you're a very brave fisherman and you want to take your chances with the Kraken, um, if he doesn't eat you and kill you, you might be able to catch a lot of fish. Uh, but I would say mm-hmm. it probably ain't worth it because he most likely is going to eat you. Yeah, that's like you can always... So my dad does a lot of fishing. He, he's like, mm-hmm. you can always tell when there's fish when you see like pelicans diving into the water. Mm-hmm. Or you can also tell sometimes if you see sharks, yep. you know that there's fish very similar. Mm-hmm. Although, you know, I'll take my chances with the pelicans. Not with the Krakens. Yeah, yeah. I don't take my chance with a pelican to Kraken. Mm-mm. I don't think so. And I ain't gonna take my chance with a shark, really. Uh, but the reason that the Kraken is surrounded by so many fish is pretty interesting. And it was proposed in that same book I mentioned before, written by that guy named Eric. So, the main food source of the Kraken is not people, because, you know, he can't get his hands on people that much. Um, you know, I'm calling the Kraken a boy. He's kind of rude. He's like a rude boy. So, we're just going to go with it. Rude boy. Rude boy. Uh, so, the main, like I said, the main source of food for the Kraken is fish. And because it's such a large cre- creature, it has to eat a lot of fish. So, obviously, when the Kraken has to take a poop, it's a lot of poop. <laughs> and it's thought that the poop that the Kraken, you know, shits out will be fairly fishy because it eats fish. So the Kraken's poop muddies up the water around it. Um, and uh, this muddy concoction apparently smells so delicious to other fish that these fish would be like, oh my God. So they would swim over as fast as they could, congregate in the muddy poop fish water, uh, and, you know, they might not even be able to see the cracking because they just drawn to by the smell of this poop. And so then, when the fish are all in the cracking poop, all confused, the cracking could easily pounce on these fish and eat all of them at once. So basically, the cracking poops and uses its own poop as bait to catch its food. And then it shits out the food and then gets more food. Uh, so it's pretty lazy, but, you know, it's kind of genius. <laughs> Um, I got, wow. First of all, (laughs) wow. Um, I got questions, though. So he poops, and then, and then he eats, because the fish are in the poop. Does that mean the Kraken eats his own poop? Yeah, I think so, yeah. He eats his own poop. Ugh. Uh. Tough man. Yeah, and like, you know... The sailors would, you know, they would think, oh, dang, a Kraken's around when the water gets real muddy. Uh, But they thought it was just shit, you know? I mean, because why else would the water be getting all nasty looking? But the poop water obviously is funny. The Kraken's eating his own poop. I mean, he's swimming around in his own poop. I mean, you know, poop in the the ocean. The Kraken gets to poop in the ocean, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) So, you know, the poop water, funny. But it's also pretty interesting on how this legend, you know, kind of persisted because obviously the sailors would report this 
quote, muddy water. But as we know, giant squids, you know, they ink. They shoot out, like, large amounts of black ink. So, uh, what a sailor, you know, may have thought was some giant crazy monster pooping all over the place was probably most likely just a giant squid, like, inking into the ocean. Aw, you guys made me ink. (laughs) Yeah, which makes sense. I mean, because, and I read somewhere that scientists still aren't really completely sure why they ink or when they ink. Um, because apparently the giant squid's pretty mysterious, even to this day. Um, but I will share some kind of fun squid facts, because my personal theory is that the kraken is just a giant squid. Uh, so scientists speculate that the way the giant squid actually hunts its food is by hanging motionless in the water with the tip of its mantle pointed up, and then it hangs two of its long tentacles like below its body, and it will sit in this position and wait for food, such as fish, to swim by and get sucked into its suction cups which are, its suction cups are lined with these little tiny teeth, so it'll catch these fish. So then the squid will reel the prey up to the beak, which is its mouth, and then the squid will slowly peck away at the creature mouthful by mouthful. And its beak is really powerful, and the squid basically will take the fish, put it in its mouth, and shred it, because it's got this thing called the radula, which is basically a tongue, but the mm-hmm. tongue itself has like little teeth. It's like sharp. It looks scary. I don't know. So basically, it puts the fish in there and it shreds the shit out of him with his tongue. And it's like a paper shredder. Yeah, and it's thought that giant squids are solitary hunters. So like when they catch fish, they do it by themselves. Now, to me, all of these things sound just like all the descriptions of the Kraken because they both are said to have, like, spikes on their suction cups. The squid shoots ink that creates a muddy water that has been probably interpreted as doo-doo water. They, the giant squid, waits on the prey to come to them, just like the Kraken, even though the Kraken apparently poops, but it waits for the food to get to it. And the squid hunts alone, which makes sense if you go back to the older stories because people, you know, think there's only, like, one kraken in the ocean because, I guess, you know, if you see a fish, it's usually, like, a school of fish. And so maybe back then Mm -hmm. they weren't used to seeing just, like, one type of animal by itself. And so they assumed that it was, like, it was the only one. Um... And obviously, the physical description is pretty much identical. Um, So, while the Kraken uh, is most likely just an exaggerated version of the giant squid, it has fascinated and continues to fascinate us to this day. It has appeared in various works of art, literature, and pop culture. It appeared in Herman Melville's novel, Moby Dick. It has appeared in Marvel comics. It's also appeared in some Pirates of the Caribbean movies, specifically The Dead Man's Chest, and many more. Now, the legend of the Kraken, you know, may just be a legend. It's probably just a squid. But I think even if it is just a squid, it's still fascinating because the giant squid is wild. Because as we know, they can fit through almost anything. And that is... The story of the Kraken, a.k.a. Big Ass Squid. Yes, I would have to agree with you. I think it is also a large squid. However, I would dare to say that the giant squid is perhaps not the ones that we are accustomed to seeing, like, wash up on the shoreline. You hear me? Yeah, yeah. Like, we see them, and I'm not going to lie, the giant squid, it seems big, but I think that there is a bigger squid out there. Oh, probably. There's also one called a colossal squid. I'm not sure if it's bigger or not. Like, I think of how the Megalodon was this huge prehistoric shark that existed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, 
it's supposed to be extinct, but perhaps it's not. Perhaps it is in, like, the depths of the ocean. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's like that. Maybe the this kraken was this prehistoric squid that survived all this time. Oh, look, oh. I, I agree. It could very well be, and it still just has the same features as a squid, but maybe squids have just got smaller over time. Because, like, pretty mm-hmm. much all the descriptions, even down to the doo-doo water and the spikes on the suction cups, and even the way that they hunt, like, it's all the same. Yeah. And I've watched, uh, is it 10,000 Leagues Under the Sea, where they get attacked by a giant squid. That's basically just a kraken. I think I have actually watched that. Or did I read the book? Is it a book? It's, yes, it is a book. And it's the one where they're in the submarine the nautilus yes yes i think i've and they're down like, at the bottom and the squid attacks them yeah yeah i think i've either read it or something like that or is it twenty thousand leagues ten thousand leagues it's is it ten thousand leagues twenty thousand leagues how many leagues under the sea were they i think it's 20 just only only reason i know is because i looked it up but there's also something that says thirty thousand leagues under the sea how many leagues oh, does the sea how go many, how many leagues were they down? it's okay so the book is twenty thousand leagues under the sea okay interesting well i was... sure would like to know how deep they were Couldn't i guess say. we'll never know well that was the story of the kraken Dun dun. Uh, what is our theme for next week? It is small town crimes. Ooh. So you gonna tell anything from your hometown? You grew up in a small town. I will not. I will not incriminate myself or anybody else in my hometown. Which we got a lot of stuff I could share, but unfortunately, which any of y'all who are from a small town. You know, small towns, you got good stories, but you got to be careful. Because if your family still lives there, it ain't good to be spreading people's business. Because they do not like their business being spread. Especially on the interwebs. And especially in the South. You oh, know where yeah. you got to spread your... If you're going to spread a secret, go to church. Yep, That's where all the gossip is. Go to church. Is. Or catch them at the Walmart. On, don't put that on the internet. No, mm-hmm. catch them at the Walmart. Yeah. But not here on the internet. Mm-mm-mm-mm. But listen, thanks for listening, everyone. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook. Um, I posted apparently a photo today that Sydney had posted like a week ago. <laughs> so you may get to see double of the same memes. And you know what? That's just double the Perhaps. fun. W pleasure. W fun, dance forever. <laughs> uh, and what else? Uh, is that it? Oh, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Yes, yes. Oh yeah, yep, yep. Please do that. Five stars, preferably. Mm-hmm. Please don't roast us on the interwebs. I'll be very sad. I'd have to cry. My B positive attitude will just go right down the toilet. <laughs> god please she's she's done so good since middle school don't ruin this for us please don't all right everyone stay weird goodbye goodbye